Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. On average, we spend 17 minutes each morning getting dressed, and by simplifying our wardrobes, we can do more with less. Curating a capsule wardrobe is about really putting value into your purchases, thinking about versatility, the longevity of a garment, really picking quality pieces, and embracing the outfit repeat. Joining me today to talk about these concepts and more is Christy Sumer, founder of the sustainable clothing line Encircled. I will put it out there that the sound quality isn't the best in this recording. Unfortunately, it can be a problem in guest interviews, just depending on their ability to secure a location to record. So my hope is to continue to produce content that is just easy and enjoyable for you to listen to. But I did want to give you a heads up because the content is worth sticking around for. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Christy. But before we get into it, I wanted to share a minimalist resource with you. And that is the documentary, The True Cost. So The True Cost was a documentary that came out in 2015. And it examines the business of fast fashion, which we do talk about a lot today. As with any documentary, I try to keep an open mind. And afterwards, I'll typically follow up on the information conveyed in the documentary. And it's very helpful to both look at scrutiny and continue down the path of the intention of the documentary. Sorry, I've said documentary five or six times at this point. (laughs) But at this point in time, I don't think that we can avoid certain realities when it comes to fast fashion and underpaid factory workers that are making cheap apparel for us. And again, we get into this much deeper in this episode, but every little bit helps. And I do think it all comes back to what is your consumption of these things? If we can just look at our consumption and halt maybe how often we are buying items from fast fashion, because again, I'm spoiling too much of the episode, but It is very easy to go to Target and pick something up or to go to Shein or to go to Amazon. But just taking a step back, thinking about how often you are making these purchases and maybe just starting there, cutting back on how often you're buying. It does make an impact. And I like that zero waste quote. We don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. So as an encouragement, both to myself and to you, I think if every single one of us just started to track our consumption, every single one of us listening to this podcast, it would make an impact this year and spread the word to your friends. So again, the documentary for you to check out is The True Cost, and I thought it would be a worthwhile companion to this episode today. So let's get into this conversation with Christy Sumer. I'm really glad to have you here. I know we've been trying to make this happen for quite some time now, (laughs) so I'm really glad that you're here. But before we get into our conversation today, we're going to be talking about quality over quantity and curating our closets and embracing the idea of outfit repetition, which is something that I've definitely embraced as a minimalist. So I'm excited to pick your brain about how we can kind of move through some of these things that maybe either society puts on us or whomever. But before we get there, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? And um, I always ask everyone this question, do you consider yourself to be a minimalist? Mm, Yes, a great question. So to start, my name is Christy Humer. I'm the founder and CEO of the sustainable fashion brand Encircled. 
Uh, we really specialize in the idea of work leisure. So clothing that you can wear literally from day to night or weekend. It has that like loungewear comfort meshed with that um, element of sustainability, but also style as well. And my background is actually completely not fashion-based. So I started my career in management consulting. I went to school for finance and did a business degree. And just really came up with an innovative product idea called the Christmas Party. It's like an eight-in-one scarf dress tunic thing uh, that was inspired by my travels and just came up with that idea while packing for a yoga retreat and decided to run with it. Would I consider myself a minimalist? Yes and no. I think I have a very streamlined life and closet, but I wouldn't say... I am a absurd minimalist where I have like only five shirts in my closet. Definitely not. But I'm a big fan when it comes to this type of thing as progress over perfection. So it's really difficult to walk back sometimes between the one thing I found. And one of the reasons why I created this line initially as well was that when you work and you, you travel and all these things, you have to have all these different wardrobes. So the idea of having more versatile clothing gives you that opportunity to have a more streamlined closet. But I have more than like 20 items in my closet, full confession. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't have a capsule wardrobe either. It's something that I'm hoping to get to one day. But I mean, I do love clothes and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I will say that I am someone that lives by the idea of quality over quantity. So I definitely don't have nearly as many clothes as a lot of my friends. But the clothes that I do own, I do try to keep them a little bit higher quality so I can get more wear for my dollar is cost per wear. That's the word I was looking for. So I definitely subscribe to that, but I'm wondering how you would encourage people that hear, Oh, I buy quality over quantity. How would you encourage them that they can't afford that? Because I think expense is something that people automatically go to when they're like, well, I can't afford quality. I can only afford target. So how would you encourage moms that are listening to work through that? Yeah, that's such a common question that comes up in sustainability um, in fashion specifically. So we often see it come up on our Instagram posts and Facebook posts because there is an element of privilege that comes with sustainable fashion because it just costs more to make sustainable garments. That's just there's some plain math behind some of this that I think sometimes consumers aren't aware of because the fashion industry is so secretive. So when you think of fast fashion brands like H&M and CN and stuff like that that are charging six dollars for a dress. Uh, There's a reason for that. And it's not a great reason. You know, it's usually the reason behind it has to do with exploitation of labor, um, you know, paying employees, sweatshop labor, poor fabrics, toxic materials. And yes, it's a six dollar top, but like it's not going to last. It's not made from safe materials sometimes in the case of many fast fashion brands. So, you know, it's that fine balance with quality over quantity, I think, where it comes to because a lot of the times, like for sure, there's definitely a segment of the population that, you know, are shopping at a brand like H&M because, you know, that's all they can afford. And maybe they're buying that one t-shirt every quarter or something like that. But more of the problem that we're seeing in the fashion industry is related to overconsumption. So, you know, people who feel like they need 60 new items each season. So I would encourage people to really step back from their closet and their wardrobe and do we have a free PDF you can get on our website called the Minimum Wardrobe Workbook. And it's basically a way to like reevaluate your wardrobe and look at what you actually are wearing and what you need in your closet. Because oftentimes we're wearing the same things over and over again, and we're really only wearing about 20% of our closet. So um, the mentality from the media is really to push you to wear more and more pieces and buy more and more stuff, um, because that's how the industry fuels itself. And it's all based on trends. But we 
what we do know about trends is that trends are very cyclical. So anybody who grew up in the 90s right now knows that like 90s jeans are back and like 90s pants, like I saw the Lululemon like flare pants come back. Um, so, you know, these things come around. So there's this value of like really investing in quality pieces and hanging on to them and taking care of them for a long time. And then that fewer but better approach you know, we really don't need that much stuff. The idea of having like 60 new pieces a season is something that's fairly new in the last, like I would say 10, 20 years, totally fueled by fast fashion. You know, back in like the 80s, people would buy like five pieces of clothing per year. Um, we often don't need as much as we think we do. So that's where I would start from, I think, for moms who are trying to like streamline their closet, like actually look at what you're wearing. And if you're not sure, I have a really good tip for that is take your closet for like, 30 days and just every time you wear something, turn the hanger around or put it in a specific section of the closet and then go back and say, okay, what did I actually wear in here? Um, and then you you can start to like shop your closet and look at things you're not wearing for opportunities to wear again. Like there's so many ways to be sustainable without actually purchasing a garment. Yeah. I like that tip a lot. I've tried to implement that in the past when I first started decluttering my wardrobe years ago, but I also, in regards to quality, and I've said this before, but I love secondhand shops for, I mostly all my sweaters in the winter are LL Bean or Patagonia. And I'm buying these it like very, very low cost, um, compared to what the retail price would be. And so I definitely encourage people that if you want some nicer pieces, especially if you're living in somewhere, if you're living somewhere colder and you are needing coats and heavy sweaters, I like to buy that stuff secondhand, but I was also going to say something that's really helped me. And this is kind of maybe ridiculous, but I've started taking pictures of me and my friends when we go out. And then when I'm trying to get ready, I go back through, like I'll favorite it in my phone. So I have it in an album. And then when I'm going to get ready, I go back through and I'm like, oh, what have I worn? Oh, I really like the way that that looks. It prompts me to remember what I actually like, what I've looked good in. And I don't, again, maybe that's really silly, but it helps me get ready. No, I love that idea. I mean, there's an app out there. I think it's a paid app, but they might have a free plan called Stylebook where you can like create outfits and like remember them um, and save them. So you can wear them on repeat for different occasions. Just you're kind of doing like the manual version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's kind of like, I don't know if you remember the movie Clueless, Cher, she had like all these Polaroids of her outfits that she would take. And it's like, yeah, it's a great way to see what you have. And I also encourage people too, because we find with our customers, you know, our demographic that we're serving, typically they're they're not like a high fashion demographic. Like they're not reading Vogue magazines. They appreciate that styling help. So I always encourage people to make like a Pinterest board or something like that with outfit mm-hmm. ideas. So if you're struggling with what to wear, I'll literally type in Pinterest, high-waisted mom jeans, black tank top going out look. And I'm like, okay, what would go together? Because I'm not naturally a stylish person. As I mentioned, I come from a finance background. I'm a bit of a geek. So I need that help too myself. So I find that when you're stuck with your closet, you often have, like you said, more stuff in there you can access. You just need to get a little creative. Yes. I've also done that. And I will type in denim shirt or something like chambray, whatever the right word would be. And how can I make this unique? And it feels new because I'm styling it differently. So I, I like the Pinterest idea too. I'm wondering though, what has this looked like in your life? You gave us a few suggestions, just what you said about Pinterest, because you're, it, it, styling doesn't necessarily come natural to you, but how have you personally created your closet to help simplify your life? 
Yeah. So for me, it definitely helps that I no longer work in corporate because that's a big thing is having this whole separate wardrobe. And I was in like corporate, corporate, like suits and stuff like that. So that's like a whole nother lifestyle. So that's why it's so important to understand the needs of your wardrobe. So right now, like I basically live in work leisure, <laughs> like I live in our clothing. So I'm very good at dressing things up, dressing them down. I have a lot of, you know, really timeless classic pieces. When I was younger, probably in my, in my 20s, I was actually very into fast fashion. And I've written this on our blog that I used to like, it was like a sport for me to go shopping and see what I could find at Winners, which is like the same, I think, in the US as TJ Maxx. Um, and I would just go hunting for stuff. And it was a really toxic behavior for me. And it was something I think based out of boredom and newness. And I really grew out of it. So as I grew out of it, I just started to really be more mindful with what I'm buying and what the purpose is for each piece coming into my closet and definitely investing in quality. So I don't hesitate, which is also a privilege, but to invest in a really good pair of jeans. And then if I, I have a great pair of jeans that I bought from a brand called Citizens of Humanity. And um, honestly, I'm going to say like 2016. Love those jeans. Timeless. We use them on photo shoots all the time. They're like the sisterhood of traveling pants. I feel like everybody can fit into them and everybody can look amazing in them. And the other day, and they were like $400, which is very expensive. I realized that. But I've also had them for almost seven years. And the other day, the butt ripped. And I was like, you know, a lot of people might just be like, oh, well, like I'm going to donate these. But I was like, I got to find something to prepare these. So I Went on Instagram, asked my followers. I said, anybody got a good repair place? I took it to the place. They fixed them. They look brand new. And now I'm probably going to get like another three or four years of wear out of them. And I've probably worn those jeans over a thousand times. So I love that idea of cost per wear because the more I wear something, the more value I feel like I get out of it as well. So I really enable that approach when I'm shopping for stuff and adding new pieces to my closet. And I do those like seasonal cleanses where I go through and I say like, what am I actually wearing here? And what's working for my body type and stuff like that. And I would say I've I've been very lucky the fact that I'm about the same size. So I haven't really had that shift in my wardrobe, but definitely I've had that life shift where I've gone from being super corporate to not at all. Um, So for me, it's just being slow with my shopping habits, really researching brands before I purchase with them. If it's something, you know, like a shoe or a purse or something that I don't have access to at our brand. And I love Poshmark. Poshmark is like my favorite site to buy stuff on. Like you talked about thrifting as well. It's a great resource to both sell your stuff, buy stuff. I got a brand new, almost brand new pair of Doc Martens uh, for half price off of there uh, last season because I really wanted a boot in my wardrobe. So you can definitely access other avenues, but it's really about understanding your style and then taking the time versus this rush mentality. And like, I got to have like hundred things from Shein in this fall. like really understanding what you need in your closet has been keeping me streamlining my closet, not to 20 pieces, but I'd say, you know, I probably have like maybe 50, 60 pieces in my closet, something like that. Yes, absolutely. When considering cost per wear, I just think back to when I used to shop at Forever 21 in early college, and I feel like you'd wear something and then it would just get this hole in it, or you'd wash it and then shrink several sizes. And so that is kind of what I'm saying. You have to consider that because think of how much money you're throwing away by repeatedly. And I'm not saying that my audience necessarily shops at Forever 21 anymore, but yeah, the H&M, the Shein, even like the Amazon, I I I would just steer people away from that and say, yes, it's hard to pay for even like a a $50 L bean sweater at the thrift shop, but 
you're not going to have to replace it, at least not for many years. Like your jeans, you were able to, because it's quality material, it's going to be able to be fixed. So I, I definitely like to get that into consideration when I'm, when I'm buying, but you also talked a lot about embracing the outfit repeat. So why do you think it matters? Why do you think that we have this thing in our head? Cause like you said, in the eighties, people never really seem to think about this, like in a day-to-day concept, maybe people that were in the big cities thought about it, but a lot of women feel that way these days. And I'm wondering why. Yeah. I do feel like some of this comes with age and maturity a little bit, not to slam younger people, but there's definitely people out there who, who take this into consideration at their young age. Um, yeah. For me personally, it really came from a place of insecurity in my twenties. Like I needed to always feel like I had the latest and greatest. I wanted to people to see me in something new. Maybe it was because I felt like I wanted people to see that I could afford stuff or, you know, that I was trendy. Like there was a huge outside push for it. And it was a story that I think I'd made up in my own head because I never had anybody really tell me otherwise. I definitely had lots of compliments on my outfit for sure, which would fuel it, I think, in a certain way. But now where I'm at, I love outfit-eating. I love figuring out what looks good on me. And, and just like you said, coming up with those recipes and taking photos of them or logging them in my brain, in my mental space, so that I know if I'm going to that meeting and I really want to feel confident walking in, then yes, I'm going to wear this top and this pant and this shoe, and I'm going to look awesome and feel my best. You know, So I think it's really coming home to who you are and centering in on that and also giving up what other people think of you as a key point in your life. Because when I was younger, I insanely cared about what other people thought. Um, Now I don't really care as much. So (laughs) I think there's a little bit of letting go that comes with being a bit older as well and living life and having those experiences Mm -hmm. that you don't care anymore. You're like, yeah, I wore this outfit last week. No big deal. It's a great outfit and I look great in it. I really struggled for a long time with body image and just I felt my best a certain weight that was really unsustainable for me. So I constantly felt this push and pull all that to say something that really moved me through that. And I actually applied this to clothing as well, is that I looked at all the women in my life that I loved and I I'm like, we're all different sizes. And actually I'm not your friend because of what you look like. That is something that I don't even really think about when we're together. And I would just think about, I don't know. I I just thought about how ridiculous and time wasting it was for me to be so driven by these things that really are meaningless in the grand scheme of things, because that's not where our value lies. And so when I started looking at my friends and actually looking at what makes a person valuable, it's not your clothes and it's not your body size. And so that was really helpful for me to kind of, for people that are, are younger listening, I don't know how many of those I have, but if you, for people in their twenties listening, um, or even if you're in your thirties and you're feeling a little bit insecure in these ways, like, I just want to give people confidence to say like, you are not what you wear. And honestly, if someone is, is judging you by the fact that you wore the same outfit once this week and once last week, I, I just think that's, it says more about that person than you, you know? Yeah. I love that. And that totally speaks to like, living that experience. And, you know, I think that's hard when you're younger because you're, you know, in a place where you feel more validated by what other people think of you. And for sure, I've had my own struggles with my own body confidence as well. I think a lot of women are under a lot of pressure in society. So whether it's to like show everything off or show like I was big into that when I was younger, (laughs) it's just like you evolve and you change and you learn and you grow. And as you move into your thirties and forties, like your values change too. And 
that I've often seen like with us specifically that we get a lot of new moms come and shop with us. And it's because when they've had a baby, they start to really think about what's going on in the baby's skin. And then they're like, okay, what's going on in my baby's and my kid's skin? What's going on in my, my own clothing? And they start to think about beauty differently and all in food. So we're really like, I think fashion is quite behind beauty and food when it comes to organic and natural and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's definitely evolving at a faster pace in the last couple of years. Um, but that's a really big turning point as well. I see like motherhood um, really shifting those values and priorities as well as what's important in life. This was a really great conversation, but I wasn't sure if there was anything else you wanted to share with the audience before we wrap things up. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage everybody to um, hop over to our website and check out the Minimalist Wardrobe Workbook. I think it's a great starting point for reevaluating your wardrobe and what you actually need. Um, and it's like a 20 page free PDF that you can grab and print off and follow along um, to redesign your wardrobe for the fall. And one other thing that we're planning on doing, I think in September or October is our wear your closet challenge. And essentially it's taking um, seven or eight pieces from your closet and challenging yourself to wear them. So something that you haven't worn in the last, like, let's say like 12 months that you're hanging onto for whatever reason and really challenging yourself to style it for a week and see if you can put it back into your wardrobe rotation. And then if not, um, figuring out a very responsible way to part with it, whether it's swapping with a friend or thrifting it or donating it or selling it. Um, Really, I think, you know, the idea of having overcluttered and overstuffed closets is is harmful in a way because it, we're so busy and I know your listeners are so busy and that you know our lives have so much mental and physical clutter as it is. So the more we can do to simplify our lives, I think the better. So I always encourage people to start there and begin with that mindset of progress over perfection. You do not have to be a minimalist on day one. You do not actually have to be a minimalist ever um, if you don't want to, but just take a more mindful approach to your fashion and I think you'll end up in a better place. That's great advice. Well, where can they find you if they want to connect with you online? And you gave us a website, but where can they find you and a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. If you want to check out Encircled, our website is E-N-C-I-R-C-L-E-D.ca. Encircled.ca. Uh, we're also at Encircled underscore on Instagram. And if you want to drop me a note, I'm at Christy Sumer on Instagram as well. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? Ooh, um, I would definitely say we work with this influencer. Her name is Alyssa Beltempo, and she does a lot of styling videos on YouTube of how to style like everyday pieces that you probably already have in your closet in multiple ways. And I just find it so inspiring from a styling perspective. I'll have to check her out and I'll definitely add her to the show notes. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? I cannot stop talking about um, fast fashion hauls and how dangerous they are. So we just did a video on this and we just did a post on Instagram. And I really want to start to expose that influencer haul culture a little bit more. So for those of you that don't know, hauls are when can People buy either from Amazon or Shein or H&M, 60, sometimes more pieces and do try on videos for them. And they generate a lot of likes and views for influencers, but oftentimes influencers end up returning all of that clothes. And most of it ends up in the landfill because brands like that don't actually restock returns. They throw them out. So I really like talking about that because most people aren't aware of that process and how harmful it is to the planet. 
Oh my gosh. You just blew my mind. I had no idea that that was a thing. I just also heard something recently about Shein, not to like totally poo-poo that brand, but something about a ton of lead being found in the, I think it's the children's clothing, which was quite concerning as well. Yeah. I think it might've been a cosmetic product, but they've had a few other issues for sure that I don't know how much testing is done on their fabrics and stuff like that. So there's certain regulations around fabrics and certifications you can get, but oftentimes fast fashion brands don't pursue them because they're expensive and slow. So that's why. So yeah, yeah, best to avoid those brands if they can't prove safety in their products. I wish it wasn't so easy for us to again, like even with target, just, it's so easy for us to just go buy a $5 t-shirt because it's going to last typically for the summer. And then I can buy a new one next year. But yeah, I'm like, at what cost? I think there's a a documentary actually called at what cost or something about cost in regards to fashion. Have you heard of that? Yeah. It's called the true cost. It's an excellent one for sure. Definitely put that in the show notes. And there's another one called river blue, which is about the denim industry overseas. And it's fascinating because it talks about the practices of dumping dyes into riverways and stuff like that. So they know what the hot colors and seasons are because like the rivers literally turn that color. Um, So a lot of education is out there. If you want to learn more about fashion history and start to educate yourself. And I would also encourage as like my last leaving point against your listeners is if you're not sure and you're feeling icky about a brand or you don't know, just ask them, like demand answers to them, do it on social, email them, call them, whatever, DM them. But if they're not able to give you good, straight, clear, honest answers about their products, how they're made, what they're made from and how that, you know, chemicals are treated and stuff like that, then definitely that's a big red flag. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we mentioned those things here before we wrapped things up. So Christy, again, thank you so much for joining me today. You gave me a lot to think about, and I really hope that we encourage listeners here with just what, what is valuable about you as a human and what you're capable of. And I always like to say you can live with so much less than you think. And that also applies to your closet. So I think, I thank you for joining us and encouraging us in these areas today. Thank you so much for having me, Diane. It was a pleasure. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports the Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.